0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another Romeo Carey podcast. Today we bring you one of Hollywood's giants. I would say the largest figure in the uh, in the known world in terms of uh, Hollywood executives. He is none other than the CEO and or co-CEO and CCO, the Chief Content Officer of the streaming service, Netflix. And really interesting story how this came about. It only runs about 15 minutes. So there's quite a backstory, which I won't get into. I'll save that for another podcast. But if I were to say it was uh, really done as a student project, and I mentored and executive produced this uh, particular segment it's called uh, uh it's really a series on how hollywood works and the host is a i think she's 16 years old at the time i must acknowledge her molly hirsch does an amazing job unbelievably uh smooth uh, for a you know a young woman to be able to handle you know real contender and to go toe to toe with them so here i bring you it's about 15 minutes of ted sarandos of netflix take it away
1: a lot of things to watch Um, and the, the thinking longer term, it was going to be less about how much people watch and then the kind of uniqueness of what they watched. So if we had, if all the companies who did streaming had the same programming, that's all that would happen is, is that we'd all fight it out over price and we'd all go out of business. So we had to really distinguish ourselves from other people. Uh, and the content that we had couldn't just, wouldn't be, nobody would care how much content we had. They would care how important it was to them so that we had to create, um, and license and create content that was unique to Netflix. And when we started out at the beginning, we didn't have enough subscribers to support the economics of it. And then once we got to about 25 million streaming subscribers, we could invest in things uh, on a really large scale. And our first kind of attempt to do that was um, House of Cards. Um, And we uh, had a meeting with David Ventures, I think one of the greatest directors of all time, uh, who had this idea for a TV show and it was a show that i had seen before it was a very popular tv show in the in the uh in the england uh, in 1990 called from house called house of cards uh with francis underwood but a very different francis underwood um and we had to we took a big bet with him and gave them a two season order uh to do t- 26 episodes of the series without even making a pilot and uh, i think changed the kind of shape of television forever after that day and we after that before the show came on we did a second deal for a show with Stevie Van Zandt called Lilyhammer uh, that was made for Norwegian television, but we were releasing it everywhere outside of Norway, uh, and it was a show half in Norwegian and half in English. Um, then it became very popular, um, and it was a kind of an interesting thing then because I thought, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if you could have a show that would actually work everywhere in the world and get o- overcome language barriers? Because I think storytelling is really just about you know human interaction. Yeah,
2: and especially yeah. now since Netflix has reached to you know not only America but so many other countries. Right,
1: right. So to do a show that's actually in two languages, um, if you could do Norway in English, you could do you know any other combination for sure because Norway's yeah, is a super complicated language. <laughs> uh, so um, and then after that we um, we did Orange's uh, Arrested Development, uh, which was a, a wildly popular yeah. show that had a huge cult following that. Uh, wasn't quite <laughs> big enough for year one of them. Uh, wasn't quite big enough for network television to, to sustain. Uh, but people stayed in love with the show for a long time. So after six years off the air, uh, we brought it back uh, last summer and created a whole new season yeah. of original episodes, and people loved it. Uh, and then Hemlock Grove, which is kind of a uh, Eli Roth uh, directed and produced um, a gothic horror story with vampires and werewolves and gypsies, and uh, that's now going. We're getting ready to launch its second season. And we have uh, Derek with uh, Ricky Gervais, which uh, is a very sweet British comedy um, about a, uh, a, um, a, a special needs guy who work, works in a uh, nursing facility, who is very, very sweet and, uh, and, uh, and very, very funny. So wow. We really love the show a lot. And so we have lots of new shows in production right now, too.
2: So basically, you could be interested in anything and find what you like on netflix you well, really reached out to every demographic and, and every genre really so. well
1: the core of netflix is, is that it's personalized right so the things that you see and what matter to you may not matter to others so the core of it like when you have a lot of choice what you really want to do is how do, how do you find things that are going to be relevant to you so we do this very sophisticated personalization of the yeah. the, the website and the tv and when you see it on the tv or when you see it on your device it's already kind of pre-selected for you the things that you'd be most likely to love yeah. based on the things you already like, and because of that, we have to do really broad things. So we do comedy and drama and horror, and most of the people who watch Hemlock Grove don't watch House of Cards at all, and that would be a disaster for some networks, but for us, it's great.
2: Yeah, it's amazing yeah. because I even when I started watching Netflix, I would watch one movie, and then it, um, after I finished it, it would say, you know, give me a category of other things that I might like to watch, and so that's right. kind of kept me. You know, watching each episode and, and TV show and whatever. Yeah. But Netflix we think has that the offer. personalization is
1: so important Definitely. that we want to be careful that any of our shows, even though they're, you know, they're by, by a lot of people think they're really great. We have over a hundred uh, nominations and awards for our first wave of shows, and you know, Oscar nomination, Emmy, Emmy nominations, Emmy wins, Golden Globes. Yeah. and you even um, you changed just going to Peabody Award for uh, Orange Is the New Black and, Ho- and House of Cards. Congratulations! Thank
2: <laughs> you. You even changed. Oscar history by having the first documentary on a streaming internet
0: uh,
1: yeah.
2: the the square is yeah, the documentary the square, yeah. so you changed Oscar history with that nomination yeah
1: and we just did our first uh, animated series for kids uh, called turbo and we just got the nomination for, uh, daytime Emmy nomination for best animated programming Congratulations. so it's like everything we've got done <laughs> we've, we try to do the best version of whatever that is uh, and then find the audience for it
2: yeah Um, and so going back to your original series, you have, what, what's the process in, in your distributing of the original series? Because I know that on Netflix, because I am a very big fan of House of Cards, (laughs) as I've told you before, but, um, it comes out as a whole each season, not, you know, whereas on TV each episode comes out, you know, weekly or whatever, but you, um, on Netflix come out with the entire season. So what, what is the, the, the whole process? And well, remember idea? when I
1: said earlier about, um, about choice and, and how do you do things differently than other people, than other businesses? So we wanted what can, we, what can the Internet bring to television that's better? And one of the things that people really, really, you know, as much as it's a fun process of kind of sitting at the edge of your seat waiting for next week's episode, I think it became, so it was becoming more and more out of step with everything else you did in your life. So when you want an answer, you go to Google and you type in the question and you expect it to give you an immediate answer. When you so the internet has given us kind of instant gratification of the things that we want. So we thought, how can you do that for television? It's um, to not make you wait until next week to see what happened. Uh, to night, just though. keep it. And, <laughs> and if you have three hours, you know, watch three. Um, and if you can't, you know, get to sleep that night, just keep going. And, you know, so you have this thing where we were trying to figure out how many episodes to offer at once. What we knew was nobody watched anything on Netflix, one episode at a time. All of our shows were full season, full series shows that had been on television a year before. And everybody watched like you, you know, like you're talking about binge watching where they'd watch, you know, two or three episodes at a time. So I didn't want to do is say, Hey, we have this great new show and it's less convenient to watch than everything else on Netflix. So we just said, let's try it. And we put them all up at once. And People really responded great. You know, a small percentage of very diehard people starting at midnight when that show came on, uh, watched the whole thing thirteen hours straight through, uh, and then everybody else did all different flavors of it. You yeah. know, two episodes here, three episodes there. Which is
2: the way to do it because yeah. then you have to wait for like, yeah. the next season to come out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then we unfortunately <laughs> we haven't figured out a way to close that gap yet. So yeah. now you still have to wait for between seasons, but not between episodes.
2: No, which is very yeah. very smart. We're,
1: we're doing another thing that's really uh, interesting right now in our international expansion is outside of the United States most people what they really most the the television that gets watched is shows from the United States and um, usually there's a long history that foreign television would wait a year or so to see if a show is going to be a hit before they bought it Um, so if you knew so now enter the internet everybody knows all about you know these big shows Walking Dead, Mad Men and there is typically a, a at least a year wait before that show will be available where you live so what we're trying to do now, beyond our own original shows, uh, there's shows like um, Fargo and um, From Dust Till Dawn uh, and Better Call Saul, which is the spin-off of Breaking Bad, that we're going to make available to the rest of the world the day after it's available in the US instead of the year after. So that's a, a big, another big change in how the business works.
2: Oh, that's incredible. So you really have made Netflix its own, its own network, which is?
1: Yeah, and it's a, it's a network, but like a, you know, usually networks have a personality. You know, like Comedy Central is meant, you know, for a very specific, you know, audience with very specific shows. Yeah. We have to be kind of that for everybody at the yeah. same time. And that's, that's where the personalization technology comes in. It's
2: amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so what does the future of Netflix have in store? Where do you, where do you see Netflix going?
1: I, I think we're just, just scratching the surface of where it could be. I mean, we've got, um, uh, if you look at the television market, the United States is half the world. Uh, if you look at the broadband market, it's much smaller, meaning the opportunities are much larger for entertainment on the internet. Um, so um, the idea of being much more global uh, and much more original in terms of you know how, how many shows that we have, you know, we'll have almost a doubling of how many original shows Netflix has just in two years. Uh, I think that's very feasible to double again and, and bring keep, bringing, keep pushing the envelope in terms of, Uh, how stories, how great stories get told and how shows get to television. Um, I'm particularly proud of something like Orange is the New Black um, which is a show that is full of people who you typically don't see on TV. Um, You see uh, even on, uh, Derek is a, you know, is a uh, a mentally challenged character which you never see in the lead of a TV series. Um, Orange is the New Black where you see women, uh, a lot of women on television uh, which is not, uh, which is also not done very often. Women of color uh, women of many different sexual orientations and very different sizes so there's not like a cookie cutter of casting that we do we try. We really try to get rid of all the conventions of television and find out what people really want and we see Orange is the New Black it has been a great success story around that
2: incredible and um, so what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned throughout this entire process of your journey and also you know in your position now and what you learn every single day
1: there's a, co- a couple of things I think that The reason why um, we've been able to make so much change so fast is uh, we're doing it from a place of real love for the programming. So it's not just like, you know, these shows aren't just widgets for us that, you know, we're just not just moving things from point A to point B and charging for it. Um, We really love the movies and TV that we offer. Uh, We love matching, you know, when when an audience really connects with something in a way that they can't stop talking about it or in a way that keeps them up in the middle of the night because they can't stop watching the show. Um, those are cool human, you know, uh, connections that you have. And I think that the more you know about people who are different from you, the better the world's going to be over time. So by introducing different places, different people, um, that I think we'd be, you know, yeah. in, uh, in a small way, uh, hopefully making the, you know, improving the, even, the quality of life around the world.
2: Even bringing the, the two languages together, which...
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I knew nothing about life in Norway until I started watching yeah. that show. So, I, um, and I think the same way where you can create great empathy for others uh, by exposing them to other worlds. So, I think that's a cool thing. I think it's also important that you, you know, that the passion, why that matters is I know a lot of people who, who have done things for money uh, and have never done terribly well at it. But if, if you do it because you love it, you won't be able to help but make money because you'll be so successful because you're doing the thing you love every day. So it's really important that you you stick with both your pa- find your passion and match it up with your skill. So you know it w- it wouldn't work if your passion was you know if, if my passion was um, you know playing basketball because I'm way too short. <laughs> so I had to find. <laughs> something – I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find something that I you know that I loved and that I was pretty good at. So
2: yeah. Um. So also, what what advice do you have? Even though that was very good advice, what additional advice do you have for um for Kids or people in general who are in- aspiring to be in the entertainment world?
1: Well, I think that it's important. There's a lot of people who, I, I hear the, the word a lot there, I, I want to be in the entertainment, but I think it's really important that I want to work in entertainment. Uh, and the, the work is the important part, which is that, that when you're into a business where a lot of people want to be in it because it seems fun and glamorous and sexy and all those things are true, but it's really a lot of work. And the people who, when I go to, when I visit the set for House of Cards, the thing that I'm always taken by is There's a handful of people who are performing and in front of the camera, but behind the camera it's electricians and carpenters and uh, recording engineers and the driver who takes you gets you from the airport to the set and the people who work in the hotels where you have to stay when you go to these sets. So the, the, the economics of these shows and the impact that they have on a society are very big. So, it's, um, so they, you, the industry like all industries are looking for people who work re- who are willing to work really hard. Yeah. And that's why you really want to find people who are passionate about it because the hours are long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, Even it's,
2: though a show or any show, but a show like House of Cards may seem effortless, there's so much work
1: uh, and
2: effort and that goes into the making of that. Not just from the actors and yeah. producers, but from the people who work behind the camera too. I mean, if you
1: think about it, from the from the from an idea which all, every one of us have an idea of, you know, several times a day, uh, but to be able to take something that's just an idea and then put together all the people and all the resources required to take that idea and make it into a script and make it into an hour of television and then into twenty six hours of television and then having millions of people watch it i mean the the, the it's mind-boggling the idea and that the, the idea that, that gets that happens over and over and over again and that it's-
2: Majorly successful. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it and it's a real testimony, I think, to um, you know, to to the human spirit that, yeah. that people work hard and come together with it around a, a common vision and then share it with the world. So.
2: Yeah, and so yeah. I am so so happy that you came today, and thank you for joining my show. Okay. And um, that's all we have for today. So, well, thank you for having Ted me. Sarandos. Thank you. Thank you. How Hollywood works.
1: Hi, I'm Ted Sarandos, and you're watching KBEV.